Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello. So today's program is on body wisdom, following the programs of body love cards. And the image on the body love card this week is uh, the, the image is a woman kind of grounded into the earth and then a sort of her head is in a tree. So she is her tree. She is her strong and um, powerful tree. And the little dog deer kind of being looks on at her and is also grounded. So I, we use that image a lot in recovery because we have to remember that we are, um, our body is so important to walk us around the world, to live in this world. If we don't have a body, we don't get to be here. And so the, the card reads, body wisdom is the inherent wisdom we each hold within our own bodies that tells us what we need physically, emotionally, and spiritually. When we listen to the wisdom of our bodies, we intuitively know how to feed ourselves, satisfy our needs, and accept our natural bodies. And for me, being having an eating disorder, I lived in my head. I lived in a program in my head, a diet in my head, whether I was overeating or undereating, dieting or not dieting or restricting or purging, whatever it was, it was all from the head. I very seldom checked into myself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Didn't even want to go there, didn't want to hear it, didn't want to learn that. But as I recovered, I had to trust in the wisdom of my body, that my body knew how to eat, it knew how to move, it knew how to go to sleep, it knew how to pee, it knew when it needed water. And that was a much bigger part of me than just my head, and especially the eating disorder telling me what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So just getting into the body sometimes is very painful when you have an eating disorder, but it is so necessary because if we don't do it, we just are walking around a big head and we don't know where we're going, what we're doing, and how we're doing. I am really happy today to introduce Lindsay to the program, and she's going to talk with me about her experience of body wisdom. And um, so I'd let her introduce herself. I've known her for a long, long time and seen her grow and change, and she's seen me grow and change, and it's really wonderful to be in the same room with her doing this 
podcast. Thank you, Laura Lee, so much for having me here. I appreciate the time and for you contacting me. And my name is Lindsay Wart, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and also somebody who has recovered from anorexia and bulimia. Um, and while I was looking through your cards, the, the one that really spoke to me was body wisdom. And I do specialize in working with eating disorders as well as working with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I find that a lot of the time those two things um, go hand in hand for a lot of people who are in recovery from eating disorders. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I love what you just said, eating disorders and post-traumatic stress, because how can you have an eating disorder and not have post-traumatic stress? Every time you look at a piece of cake, you're going to have post-traumatic stress. Or you see, we compare ourselves to so many people all the time, all day long, that that, in, that ends up being that kind of PTSD response. So I'm really happy that you're working with that. So do you have a website or do you have a... Yeah, so I do have a website. My website is uh, selflovetransformations.com. Um, and you can find out a little bit about what I do there, how I work, um, you know, what modalities I use. I really do, my, my essence of my heart is doing a lot of soul-based work using somatic, movement, art therapy, mm -hmm. as well as DBT, CBT, all of those things, and EMDR. Um, but I really do like depth-oriented psychotherapy. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So how do you work with yourself or with your clients when you have come face-to-face -face with how little they trust their body wisdom or do they even know that there is body wisdom or how do you lead them to get that back, to get that trust back in themselves? That, Lorelei, that's a really good question. I feel like for each person, it's different. You know, definitely, I feel like for most individuals who are wanting to recover, the first piece of working before we can even get necessarily to the body wisdom is really working with the cognitive piece of distinguishing what part is the disorder. Yeah. What part is yourself? What part is healthy? What part's not? And starting to distinguish that before they're able to be able to really start to drop down more into their body. Yeah. Um, I really do work a lot with, um, you know, deciphering different, like I see what I like to work with is I, as I look at, we have different types of hunger. Um, you know, one type is emotional hunger. Yep. Uh, we have physical hunger. Um, you know, we also might have relational sh relationship hunger of, you know, kind of wanting touch and all of that. Um, you know, and also there's that the physical hunger and so and and the spiritual hunger. Right. And so right. I try to work with people on around food when they're hungry, when they're not hungry, start to work with what is it that your emotional self is needing? Are you needing a hug? Are you needing to be told, I love you? Are you needing somebody's hand to hold? Um, emotional, um, I mean, physical hunger for, for most people, you know, of course, recovering from an eating disorder is you have to work on eating on a schedule because you're not aware of that yet, right? Yeah, you're not you aware that yet. of that yet. But what I think is important with that is, is it's, you start to, I'll see clients start to be able to notice, okay, like I'm... I'm craving this food. 
but really I noticed that it's actually, it's because I'm needing something sweet in my life or I'm wanting to hang out with a friend and it's yeah. actually, my body's not really needing that or wanting that. Right. Um, so with body wisdom, I really also work a lot with having my clients, you know, pick a stable person in their life, or even if it's an animal, how does, how do you know that that, that animal's in touch with their body? Right. 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 It likes to play. It knows when it's hungry. Most animals will stop when they're full. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some type of breeds of dogs, it's a little harder, but then the lab, <laughs> the lab, I was thinking lab. <laughs> yep. But with that, with that body wisdom, you know, really looking at, um, you know, who is an example in your life who really shows that, that hasn't really had a diet mentality, who is, you know, able to look at food and stop when they're full, eat when they're hungry. You know, a good um, example is I remind clients when they say, you know, like, oh, I can never have that. It's like, actually, you did at one point. Exactly. When you were exactly. a baby, you knew when you were hungry, when you, you know, were right. full, all of that and that. Really, it's looking at and working at breaking down, okay, what what takes that away, that body wisdom? Is it some of the cultural messages? Is it the societal message that I need to eat a certain way? What's eating disordered? What's your parents? What's And trying to break that down to start to establish what is mine, Yep. which really starts to work into learning what the body wants. Yep. Yeah. That innate wisdom that's there's hidden maybe uh, from years and years of not paying attention. I mean, that's how it was for me. I feel like I wasn't really put on a diet at a young age, but my food was very regulated at a young age. I was not in charge of my own food, and that didn't happen for a really long time. So I had no idea if I was hungry or not, or was sleepy or not, or needed to do anything or not. I had to look to other people to tell me what to do because they did do that. They took over my whole life. I didn't have any, I wasn't in charge of my own body. So that is a really big piece of finding that out. Um, And I like what you said to sort of look at the cognitive ideas of what is disordered eating, thinking, and what's kind of not. And it gets all jumbled up as we get an eating disorder. What we're telling ourselves sometimes is so far from the truth. Yeah, that's right. And I think for a piece of the body wisdom with individuals who are in recovery, it's really hard to be like, oh, like, let's notice the food in my stomach or how that food tastes. So I I like to start a little bit more simpler. Like, okay, like bring in some essential oils or something that smells good. Okay, like what does that feel like to your body? Where do you sense it? How do you feel it? If right. we go outside and put our earth, uh, put our feet on the earth, yeah. What do you feel? What do you What's feel when feel? you touch something? And start mm-hmm. to bring and build in the senses like that. That's sa- that feels safer. Yeah. Before we fully go into the f- the the body, the really like, how does your stomach feel? How right. does your, you know, what does that taste like? What does that feel like when it's going down? So there starts to be a little bit more of a container and a holding that doesn't feel so overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. And I think also part of the body wisdom is how do we work with ourselves or our bodies when they're not well? You know, I have a really good friend right now that has really bad cancer, and she is having to trust her doctors and not her body, because her body is doing something kind of crazy 
You know, there's cells that are eating other cells, but she has to also trust her intuitive self to say, no, that I can tell you that that's not going to work for me, or this is going to work for me, or I need to get out of here, I need to move, or whatever. So it's a very, you know, it's a very confusing thing, especially when you're sick, say like you have anorexia, and you're really, really thin, and you think you're not thin, or... When I had um, bulimia, I just felt like I couldn't ever hold any food down, not even water sometimes. So what do we do when we're, the body signals have gotten really confused? That I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, I definitely think that's definitely where... I, I do, um, I have a treatment team. I, you know, I have the doctor, I have the dietitian, there's me. Uh, a lot of it is, it, it is to um, working on doing what is medic medically it's a necessity right? right right and then also tapping into that intuitive piece and i think for a while working with the individuals that you trust your practitioners um good mm -hmm. friends to check in with them like this feels like my intuition, but I'm not sure. And really working with people who you can, who are going to tell you the truth, whether that's exactly. eating disordered or if that's right. intuition. Right. Um, I definitely relate and with that part of your friend that's, um, you know, struggling with cancer because I've had my own health issues. And I think that my own struggles and my um, recovery from my own uh, chronic tick-borne infections were the pivotal thing that actually weeded out the last remnants of the eating disorder for me. Wow, right. You kind of, uh, okay, this is much bigger than just wanting to be thin. <laughs> well, and you <laughs> learn that you you have to be in your body in a way that's it's it is not that eating disorders aren't life and death, but it's a different type of life or death. Uh-huh, definitely. And it's your body loses the capacity to do what it does. And for me, it was the piece for me that really got that um, eating disorder, the eating disorder, the um, exercise addiction out. Yeah. Because I was no longer able to physically do that to my body. And even though it's been difficult, it's also been a, a blessing that has taught me to listen to my body and my energy and its needs in a way that I don't know if I would have learned in the same capacity. Yeah, it's such an interesting um, experience that you went through with that. You know, it is, um, I don't know, when it is really life and death, so, somehow you have to choose to live or to die. And if you choose to live, it might be painful, but you're going to have to listen. Yep, that's You're right. going to have to listen to yourself and to others and to a doctor and a nutritionist. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, I think too it it, it kind of touches on and I think what I like to work with all of my eating disorder clients with, you know, which really has to do I think with I see body wisdom um also too as I think that having a sense of connection with the earth and with uh, purpose is also a part of body wisdom. And I feel like mm. that if one is really in touch, that we are able to know and be more congruent with our body. Um, you know, body wisdom, I think in our culture nowadays, um, we're getting distracted from our ability to even decipher what we need through electronics, through 
you know, eating in front of the TV through, you know, wearing shoes all the time and not putting our feet <laughs> on the earth, mm-hmm. but that all of these things were not, we're not actually doing the things that, that really make our body aware of what is real and true and healthy. Yes. Yeah. And the, on that same note of that, like you keep saying, putting your feet on the earth, if we are going to sort of um, listen to and take heed to what our bodies are telling us, we also have to listen and take heed to what the earth is telling us. Yes. You know, and um, how powerful is that? It's so much bigger than just our little selves. You know, it's if it's good for our bodies, it probably is good for our earth. If it's not good for our bodies, probably not good for our earth, you know. Definitely. You know, if I'm not going to, I don't really want to drink toxic waste. So why am I putting it all over the earth, you know? That's right. Yeah. And we have to carry both of those things as sacred, not only ourselves, but as the earth as well. That's really great. You know, it brings it, it really blows it right out, you know, what it's really all about. And um, so you've been involved with an organization for many years that is a beautiful organization. It's a nonprofit and brings a conference every year and then raises money for people to have uh, um, scholarships for their own recovery, which, of course, recovery is not that cheap a lot of the time. It's very expensive. Yeah, especially if you need a lot of help, a lot of doctors a nutritionist, therapist, psychiatrist, you need a lot of help. So talk a little bit more about that whole idea of, again, blowing it out into more of a bigger thing than just the one person doing therapy in her room. You know, it's a much bigger thing that you're doing. Yeah, so the nonprofit that um, I'm, um, I'm basically, I'm vice president, um, moving into presidency in the next year, year and a half, uh, is EDRS. And that stands for Eating Disorder Recovery Support, and it's edrscapital.net. Um, and it was founded by uh, two co-founders, uh, Michelle Monero mm-hmm. and Halei Kashani. And EDRS um, is a nonprofit. And the basis of our work you know, at first was to really just to get to know eating disordered professionals in the community and to give out resources and support. And it built into a nonprofit. And, you know, our mission is based on providing prevention, education, uh, you know, leadership, as well as education um, for eating disorders um, and to raise money to give scholarships out for people who can't yep. afford treatment, a therapist, a dietitian, a, a psych- psychiatric appointment. Yep. Um, and I think we've been going for about almost 12 years now. And um, actually this year we are going to do um, a piece uh, in October actually in Petaluma and it's going to be a movement piece and some education. Um, and it's really working on, you know, how can we bridge that gap of, you know, the eating disorder world and exercise and making exercise a safe healing thing that everyone needs to do in a loving way, whether you've had an eating disorder or not, but to bridge that gap of of having a healthy relationship. And so that's what we're doing um, on October 12th at um, a yoga space. Um, and uh, Steph's going to be going out about that soon. And then we are actually also doing a one-day conference 
Uh, we're pretty sure it's going to be in San Francisco on uh, transgender-related issues and eating disorders. And so we're really excited about that and, you know, really expanding knowledge and, and education and having you know, people get resources where it's needed and, you know, having professionals have professional support with people who know about eating disorders. And so it's a really great organization um, that I'm really, really proud to be part of. I am very proud that you're part of it too. And the little times that I would speak there every once in a while, or Carol Normandy and I would speak it for Beyond Hunger, for It's Not About Food, just always such a wonderful experience to see, first of all, such recovery, you know, in in one room of all kinds of ways, and then also all these wonderful people who work in the eating disorder field. I feel like we're we're I don't know they we're just very very loving and kind and giving and compassionate people. So it's always fabulous to be in that space. And I also really love the whole idea of bringing more movement into this. Uh, eating disorder recovery world. And because I know that I go, I go to yoga. I've been going to yoga for many years. I can teach yoga. I've learned how to teach yoga. I have my certificate and blah, blah, blah. But there's so much pain in some women's eyes when they see these really thin yoginis walk in the door with really small clothing. (laughs) And the and they think, well, I'm not a good yogi. I'm not, I'm not doing yoga right if I don't look like that. And I feel like we need to blow that out. We need to blow that up that you can go to the gym or you can go to yoga or you can go for a walk or you can do whatever exercise is your exercise, square dance. But you don't have to look like the person that's next to you doing exactly the same thing. I, yeah, I think that's, that's real and that's awesome that you brought that up because it really – there's that that um, incorporation at health at every size that anyone can do yoga. Um, I actually just co-led uh, for, oh, we did 20 weeks for, it was eating disorder teen um, support group with Jean Grant Sutton, who's a yoga teacher of 30 years in Petaluma. Yes. We, we did a, a group using yoga and then psychotherapy and movement with with clients. And of course, you know, a lot of my eating disorder clients was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. But you know, by week five, (laughs) it was growing. And now they're like, Oh, I'm using this. This was actually helpful. I don't hate you anymore for making me do it. Yes. Um, But that and it just you're right, like bridging that gap of this, this is how and again, I think that's a societal norm of advertising okay, like this is what you have to look like, you know, in all the yoga magazines and everything and that we have to break that stigma as well. Yeah, it's the new diet. It's the new restriction, Yes, you know, and it is like uh, diet industry has hijacked the word healthy, you know, so now if you're healthy, that means you're thin, but that's not really what healthy means, you know. So yoga is for any, any body, any body, you know, and um, I'm giving a a three-day workshop down in um, Pacific Grove the first of the year with a woman who does a health at every size yoga class. And it's going to all be about that. Just love the body that you have and bring it to yoga and bring it to the workshop. 
But I think we have to do that so much more. And again, the body wisdom of our bodies love to move. Yes. They love to eat and they love to sleep and they love to pee and they love to walk around and they love to do everything just like a baby does. You know, it doesn't matter that we're older. We still have these bodies that love to do these things. It's not brain surgery. Yes, that's <laughs> it's right. just common sense sort of, but I got so far away from that myself. Yeah. I made um, exercise an addiction. So for a while I couldn't even exercise because I would just fall back into it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I think, sir, if there was a person, a young woman in her room, um, you know, right now going, oh my God, I, I'm, I'm not well and I'm uh, I don't want to exercise and I don't know what to do with myself and I want myself to look really thin and they're struggling in their room all by themselves, like so many of us started out, I think. What would you, knowing what you've been through and what your clients have been through, what would you say to that young young person, that young girl? What would you say to her? Mm, I would definitely tell her that one, that she's not alone Mm-hmm. You know, in that that isolation factor that there's so many people who go and fall into that and that really the first step is finding someone that she can trust and talking, starting the conversation. Yes. Yes. Putting that darkness into the light because that is where transformation and that is where healing can happen. Yeah. So I love that what you just said. You know, if you when you're if you're an isolator, and I definitely was, um, just opening up a teeny bit to talk one time to somebody makes you less isolated. Yes. So and you're not alone. I love that. We don't. We're all alone in our little room, but we're not alone in the world when we can open up to. So, is there anything else that you'd like to? put out there or say or hmm um just that that recovery is possible that being fully recovered is possible and that truly our bodies do know what is best for us yeah Yes, very disappointing when you have an eating disorder. They're so much smarter than our mind or any parts of our being. That's right. They know, and that that is why, as a species, we have survived. Yes, I know, because they've counteracted the stuff that our brains come up with, for (laughs) sure. Yeah, and you have a dog, and I have a dog, and I feel like my body is kind of like my dog, it is my responsibility to take it for a walk and feed it right and take it to the vet and all that. But it gives me such joy. And I have to trust it just like I trust my my dog to know what it needs and That's where it right. wants to go and what it wants to do. So yeah. I try to I try to eat as well as I feed my dog. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Take care of myself as well as I take care of my dog. Yes. Yeah. So will you read the today? Mm-hmm. Um, practice. So the part, um, the last part of the body wisdom card says, today I will practice trusting in the wisdom of my body. I will listen to my body when I am hungry and full. Listen for what my body wants and needs and trust the intuitive voice of my body. Oh, right. Trust the intuitive voice of our bodies. 
that is not something anyone is selling us in uh, Weight Watchers or anything else. You know, trust the intuitive voice of your body. Beautiful. That's going to save you a whole bunch of money. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening and be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.